Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we get things started, I want to give a special shout out to a new zine out of Philly, Armed Mind. You can find them on Instagram. They just released their first issue. They have awesome interviews with members of Choice to Make, Combust, Shackled, Pummel, and Dare. I picked up a copy, which I was really excited to do that. I love supporting zines. I am currently reading that one. I know about Hate Five Six. I have a zine on the way from Grady. He plays an anxious and one step closer. So if you guys have any suggestions out there on zines that I should be checking out, please send them my way because I'm new to this and I'm really, really looking forward to seeing what's out there. And it's really awesome. So please support that new zine. Go pick up a copy. Go follow them on Instagram doing really great stuff. But this week on the podcast we have on Lennon. I initially asked him to come on to talk about the state of the X-Men. He's a huge x-men fan so i really really wanted to have him on and talk about what's going on currently with the x-men comics Uh, a few months ago there's a reboot and a whole new line of x-books came out and i was just really really curious to see how things would pan out a few months down the road and things have gotten really good i'm really into marauders i just picked up all the issues of x-force because i was late to that shout out benjamin percy and the main X title is awesome. And there's a new Wolverine book. There's so much going on. And just to kind of talk about our favorites and what we thought about how the reboot has been doing and what we look forward to in the future, it was really fun. And don't worry, the first portion of the podcast, we do talk a lot about hardcore. So if you're curious about our thoughts on FYA, some of Lennon's new bands and what he's up to, uh, this is going to be a really good listen. I had a lot of fun talking to Lennon, and it was just great catching up. Great guy. Shout out. Plead Case Records, Eco Strike, Carbonite, all that awesome stuff. So please, without further ado, welcome Lennon to the podcast. All right, welcome back to the podcast, Lennon. How's it going? What's up, man? It's going good. How are you? I'm doing all right. I uh, I'm happy to have you back. I, I feel like uh, I, I've seen you a couple times since the last time we did the podcast, but I was really excited to have you back on. And I, I know I mentioned a while back that I wanted to bring you on to talk about like the state of the X Men comic books, uh, but I feel like uh, on top of that, I'm um, obviously like we can't talk about the X Men comic books, but like there's been a bunch of stuff going on with you and hardcore and yeah. a bunch of other stuff. So I figured we can just like cover everything. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I think I'm trying to think of when the last time, I guess the last time I saw you at this point would have been FYA probably. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was the last time we saw each other. Yeah. Very cool. Awesome. I had a good time. At FYA. Did you have fun at FYA? Yes, I, I I have like so many positive things to say about that fest, and especially for it being my first time uh, being out in Florida for FYA, I thought it was awesome. I loved the venue, loved everything about it. Like literally, no bad things to say about the fest. Well, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, and what about you? How how was your experience? I mean, it was it was sick. I guess from a behind the scenes kind of more standpoint. Um, I didn't see the venue until the night before, and uh, 
some other people who were <clears throat> helping out went and checked it out. So that's how – and like we're like, yeah, this place is, should be good. So we pulled up the night before like the people who were organizing it to set up and kind of start loading in gear and whatever. And I saw the room empty and my first thought was, oh no, like we're fucked. Like I was just like, oh, this is so big. Oh my god. But it was awesome. Like you, and even like, like from the very beginning, the first band that played the first day was True Form, and up until right before they played, I was still like, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad, but I'm like still a little unsure. And then um, right as they start, they started to ring out, and it just like packed in so well right away, and people started fucking dancing right away, and I was like, oh, okay, I, we have nothing to worry about. This is gonna be sick, and I think it was pretty successful. I think it was the the best FYA yet for sure by a long shot. Okay. That's really cool to hear. Uh, a couple of things I, I had like concerns about. I, I know there was a, a lot of, um, uh, or there was a lot of flight given to the sound guy. Uh, was he just like some random guy uh, that was hired or is he like part of like uh, the building or does he work in the building with like the actual group that runs it? No, we, we, they, they, I, I think they gave us the option of hiring an outside sound person, which uh, is what we did. Uh, and um, he was a fucking dickhead. Okay. Um, so is it safe to say he's not going to return next year? Yeah, definitely not. We will we will for sure. I mean, it's going to be at the same spot. That's like kind of what we're planning. We're kind of – I think it's it's all like in talks right now. It's getting worked out. Mm -hmm. um, but if all goes to plan, it will be at the same spot. Um, but yeah, that sound company will – they like the guy was a dickhead and they also like – I think it sounded fine, but it could have sounded better. I mean, I think the sound was the worst aspect of it, personally. And the dude, all of the problems that the dude had with like people like like banging into his fucking speakers and shit were all things that we told him beforehand. Like, yo, this is gonna happen. Let's do this. Like, let's put this here. Let's set these up this way. Because if we don't, X, Y, Z is gonna happen. We told him all this and the guy didn't want to listen and he did it his own way and then all the shit that we told him was going to happen happened and he acted shocked. So I don't know. From the from the perspective of both somebody in bands playing and somebody who was involved with running – not running the fest but putting the fest together, like the guy was just a dickhead like in every regard. But that that's fine. It is what it is. And to my knowledge uh – I, I don't think that there were any monitors for the people in the bands to hear th themselves play. Um, you know, now that you mention it, I, I just don't even remember if there were or not, to be honest. Okay. Cause I, I think there might've been on the side of the stage, like off behind the curtains. Okay. Cause I, I know I talked to some people that played and they, they were curious like how they sounded because they were having trouble hearing themselves on stage, but they were just like, you know, at that point they just kind of had to go with it. Cause um, you know, it was showtime. But, yeah, but I was just I mean, curious I, about that. It sounded, it sounded pretty good for for what it was, but hopefully next year it'll sound even better and it'll be awesome. For sure, and uh, also uh, the the actual stage is there a lot more space behind the curtain? Because I noticed that um, you guys had the the, the curtain up, and then um, I was just kind of curious how far it actually went back behind the curtain. Um, like the one behind the bands. Yes. No, there was just like a, a wall behind that. Oh wow! Okay, I yeah. honestly imagine like just like way more space, like a like a huge yeah. stage. But okay, I didn't realize there's just a wall behind that. Yeah, when we first got there, I was trying to uh, we were trying to see if we could open it up and get some more room behind the bands. Mm -hmm. um, but 
now it was uh just a, a wall right behind there okay and okay and one more um, thing i i know there was uh, just, uh the lights people were pretty fickle um people were talking about they liked having the all the lights on um some people you know turned it off and they were using the stage lights uh how do you think um that wasn't like what's your preference um i mean uh i'm almost without saying too much i'm pretty sure that the only reason that there were lights is because one or two of the bigger bands requested them specifically okay otherwise they're probably it probably would have just been lights on the whole time we wouldn't have and the money wouldn't have been spent on the lights. Uh-huh. But um, I don't really care one way or the other about that. Like, I, I honestly like lights on sometimes. I like it. It just depends on the room. It depends on the vibe. But like, I don't know. I don't really give a shit. I have no feelings about that for the most part. Okay. I, I just remember during uh, Inclination set, uh, the lights were on. And I remember just like kind of looking around thinking like, this is like a really cool setting. I, I wish the lights would be on like the entire time. But obviously, uh, that's just like a little thing. It's not like a major issue, but it was just something I was curious about. Yeah, I mean, lights on is like definitely cool. It has like a VFW hall like kind of vibe, you know, mm-hmm. which is sick. Um, but I think it all. I mean, I, I I'm I'm glad we ended up getting them in in the end because you could give bands that were playing the option of whether they wanted them on or not. So yeah, for sure. And yeah, and, and also the the room, I, I definitely had the same feeling like when I walked in because I got there pretty early on the first day and I, oh. I, I walked in and I, I just kind of like, you know, looked around. I was like, OK, this is kind of strange. It, it was big. It, it kind of felt like I was at like a convention. But then literally like once True Form started, like people weren't shy about it. Like they just went right to it and started moshing. I was like, OK, this is going to be awesome. And there was never a point where I felt crowded or sweaty and gross. Like I, I just felt fine like the entire time. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of like, I'm a big um, believer in, like, at a hardcore fest and a hardcore show, like, the bar is set right away. That's kind of going to dictate the vibe of the whole thing. Uh And even, like, when a band plays, I feel like if the first song is, like, a whatever song, the whole set, like, if the vibe during the first song is kind of whatever, that kind of just, like, the whole set will kind of follow suit for the most part. Um, so I think like setting the, the, like setting the energy, like right away is good. Um, so like, yeah, true form playing right. And as soon as like they played and it started to pop off right away, I was like, I was pretty happy. I I had a, I think it's like a good omen for the whole weekend after that. Yeah, for sure. And I just, I I can't even think of anybody having a bad set at the fest. And I, I saw so many bands and it was always packed out and just like, I feel like just good energy like the whole time. So it yeah. was a really cool thing to experience. Yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was definitely the best year yet, I think. Okay. Uh, well, that's yeah. cool to hear because I, I definitely uh, have seen so many videos from the previous years and mm. um, I, I'm really happy to hear that. You know, In your opinion, that was like the best one yet. Yeah, for sure. I mean, at least it was, I'm going to say it was my favorite and, okay. and, for a lot of the, like my friends who I kind of like asked them how they felt about it, like they all said the same thing. So, yeah, definitely my favorite year. And we recently kind of started um, tossing around ideas and working on um, kind of our plan for the the next one. So, um, for FY8, so I'm pretty psyched about that too. Okay. Uh, 
one thing you uh, tweeted, I think it was last week, uh, you're moving. And I, I was curious about that because I was, uh, when I think of uh, Florida hardcore, I now it's like you're like one of the first things that comes to mind. So I'm um, hearing that you're um, leaving Florida. I was just curious, like, um, why you decided to do that? Yeah. So, I mean, Florida is uh, where I live in South Florida is like, it's really, really expensive to live. Um, and it's kind of far from everything and like the weather sucks and I'm, I'm just like ready for uh, a little change of pace um so i don't know i mean i'm just like i had an opportunity and i took it so i'm just gonna give something new a shot you know and have you ever lived outside of florida no I've, I've lived in south florida for most of my whole life i lived in tampa for a few years when i went to school there mm-hmm. um but other than that i've lived in south florida my whole life so Okay, and uh, so you're you're moving to um, to Philadelphia, is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And you just put out um, a, a new demo with um, a newer band, Carbonite. Uh, did you have this band already in the works, or it, was this like part of like this big plan of you moving out there and you wanting to um, stay involved in doing a band, especially like a local band? So um, I. I had had the band kind of like the idea for the band for like a long time. And I actually wrote the songs like a while ago, like way before the demo was recorded. Um, and then I, it was like when we were kind of like, we've been kind of talking about moving to Philadelphia for a while. And we were kind of like, for like deciding if we like for real wanted to do it and like when we would do it and whatever. And so I kind of just was like, Oh, well, you know, like I'm just going to sit on these songs for a bit. And then like, kind of just save them for when I move so that, you know, I can kind of get something going up there. So yeah, I, I I had the songs written for a while and I just kind of postponed them, like kind of sat on them for a little bit so that I could drop them closer to when I was moving and it could be a band that operates up there. Okay. And uh, you have a, like an all-star cast. You have uh, Xavier from Simulacra uh, uh, Tyler uh, Mullen from Year of the Knife and uh, David, uh, I forget his last name, uh, Updike. David Updike from uh, Jesus Peace. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're all just, um, it was like one of those things where like I have a, like a lot of friends from there that I would love to be in a band with. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, but, and the three of them are all people I like a lot. And on top of that, like we, I kind of had to like figure out people who I knew were going to be like competent at playing the stuff. Cause we have a first show booked already. So like it was kind of one of those things to show that, um, Bob Wilson booked. Um, and he was like, Oh yo, so are you guys going to like, does Simulacra want to play? Does, or I mean, uh, does Simulacra was playing already and they're all going to be there. And he was like, yeah, dude. So like, you know, since they're going to play, cause I had already told him from the beginning, like Xavier was the first person that I reached out about being in the band. Okay. So uh, like, I didn't know who else was going to be in it though. But, um, he was like, yeah, Simulacra's already playing. So like you guys should play the show. I was like, ah, I don't know, man. I don't know if we'll like have our shit together in time. And then he announced it and we were like on it and he was kind of like, well, now you got to do it. And I was like, which is kind of like sick. Cause it kind of gave me the motivation to like make it happen. Mm-hmm. Sometimes work better with like a deadline like that. I feel like so the reason that I picked those guys specifically not only is it because they're like guys that I'm friends with, but like they're all people who I trust to like be able to learn the stuff and play it without me. Like I'm really I'm moving up there like a couple weeks before the first show, 
and like half of the band is going to be on tour. So we're not even really going to get to practice. So I'm, I, I'm glad it's people who I trust to be able to play the shit. And just to clear up, uh, is, uh, Tyler playing drums? Yeah. Tyler is playing drums. Okay. And then is it, um, who's playing guitar? Is it, uh, Xavier or David? Uh, Xavier's playing guitar and David's playing bass. And then depending on how it goes, we'll probably end up finding a fifth person, um, to be in it and have two guitar players. But I mean, I don't know how much we're going to do. Everybody in the band has other bands that are their priorities. So, I mean, we'll, we'll see what we'll, it'll probably just be like a, just for fun thing every now and then, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Cause my next question was going to be, you've been sitting on these uh, songs for a while and you just put out the demo. Like, do you have any more songs written or is it you guys just going to stick with that for the time being? We might write some songs. We might write another release. Who knows? Like right now it's just kind of like seeing how like it goes. Like I said, it's like just for fun. And if we do write more, I would like to write it with them like as a group instead of me just writing everything myself. Mm-hmm. And the name of the band, is that a Star Wars reference or is that just... Yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, we were. I was watching... Uh, the name of the band came up before the band. Like, we were watching um, uh, Empire and we were talking about how Carbonite would be a cool band name and I was like, yeah, I gotta do a band now just to like have a band called that. Okay. And um, yeah, it was... Uh, I like wanted to kind of sing for a band like that for a while. And I was like, Oh, I might as well do that. So. Okay. And the um, image on the uh, demo, it's kind of, mm-hmm. kind of hard to make out. I'm like uh-huh. uh, zooming in. Can, can you talk about what that is? It's um, it is a cover of a comic by Barry Windsor Smith. Um, I'm not going to say what it is exactly, but um, it's by Barry Windsor Smith. It's like a, a Bronze Age Marvel cover. Okay. All right. Things are becoming way more clear now that you just mentioned that. Okay. All right. Yeah. So if you know, you know. It's one of those things. Awesome. Okay. All right. And so you mentioned all the other members have uh, other bands going on, and so do you. So I'm just curious. You're moving uh, to Philadelphia, and where does that leave the bands back in Florida? Well, I mean – a lot of what we do is like touring at this point anyways. Um, and we round trip flights from Philly to South Florida are so cheap right now. Like not just right now, but just like even before, Mm -hmm. like I know they're cheap right now because everything going on with coronavirus. But even before that, like flights from Philly into South Florida back and forth are cheap. So we'll make it work. I mean, um, eco strike is putting out an LP this year. Um, we have it completely written, and I'm actually going. We're actually going to record it tomorrow morning. We start recording on it. Oh wow! Um, yeah, we had plans to record it earlier, but we I kind of wanted to wait and like make sure everything was as good as I could get it. Um, and um, we're all pretty happy with the songs. We're going in to record them tomorrow morning. Um, obviously, the Seed of Pain LP just came out, um, and we want to do a lot with Seed of Pain this year. Um, we already have a bunch of stuff planned, which is cool. I'm excited about. And then uh, for Envision, we're probably going to try to do some new material this year, um, even if it's just like a two-song flexi or tape. Mm-hmm. We just want to do something this year. But all those bands are still going to be bands that do stuff. And then everybody in Seed of Pain uh, also plays in, besides me and Kevin, the singer, also plays in uh, Moment of Truth. And they're kind of picking up and doing more. So they'll 
they'll kind of they'll be kind of the band in South Florida that's doing stuff, and then Cedar Pain will be doing stuff kind of all over the place. So. Okay. Yeah, because uh, my biggest uh, worry was, you know, you move and uh, you know things just don't work out with the bands, and I was like, oh, that's like a lot to leave behind. So I'm I'm happy to hear that uh, things are still going, and I'm I'm really excited to hear that you guys are going to uh, record new stuff with um, Ecostrike tomorrow. That that's really awesome. Because like last thing I heard was uh, I was talking to um, uh, Sehas, and he told me that you guys were like. Um, in the process of writing the material that was like way back when i had him on the podcast so to yeah. talk to you today and hear that you guys are about to record it I'm, I'm like super excited to hear that yeah it's uh it's all written now um it took a long time but i'm really happy with it it's uh it's different for sure um i don't know if people are going to be into it or not but i don't really care we we're we're happy with it and it's like one of those things where it's like something that we it's definitely Still sounds like Eco Strike, but it's like I think it's going to be pretty different than what people are expecting. So, okay, and you guys um, obviously have been uh, laying low, uh, not really doing much with Eco Strike, but you guys have a, a show coming up in Chicago. Can you talk about um, how you guys were approached to do that and um, why did you guys decide to accept? Yeah, yeah, um, we're playing the Rumble. Um, uh, our Drummer Cameron, who also plays bass in Magnitude, was just asked about it. He played in, in Magnitude played last year, and he was like, "Yo, I got hit up about doing the Rumble um, for Ego Strike. Uh, Mag played last year; it was a lot of fun. We should do it." We're just like, "Yeah, fuck it, why not? We haven't done anything in a minute, so we're gonna do that." And then we are also um, playing some stuff. We're doing some stuff in Europe this summer, so we have those things kind of lined up for Ego Strike right now. Okay, yeah, and you're talking about um, Outbreak Fest, right? Yeah, we're doing Outbreak Fest in the UK, and then we're also doing Eper Fest, and then we're doing some shows around um, those two fests in Europe with uh, a pretty cool tour package. I don't know if it's like fully announced yet, but you can look at the US bands that are playing Outbreak Fest and the US bands that are playing Eper Fest and kind of yeah. put two and two together and figure out who the tour is. So Okay, and do you know, um, is there going to be like an official announcement? Yeah, I'm sure there is. I think it's just all getting finalized now still. Okay. And um, with the whole like coronavirus thing going on right now, you, you briefly mentioned that. Uh, has there been any talk? Is it going to affect anything you guys have planned in the summer? I don't – I mean, who, who – literally, who knows? Uh -huh. It's like so crazy that like all that kind of stuff is happening. So it could, but I, I think it's far off, far off enough to where – it should i would think it would be fine but who knows we'll see that's like a thing where it's like i'm not i'm not even thinking about that or worrying about it it's like just gotta live your life and plan for your life and if there's bumps in the road because of it then so be it but i'm not gonna like you know put everything on hold because of the uncertainty of it you know yeah yeah same here i'm just trying to uh, just keep doing what i normally do and uh out here in california i, I definitely have seen some uh you know uh, effects of this whole thing happening yeah uh, you know with disneyland closing like uh, well i'm disneyland announced yesterday that, that they're closing like uh on saturday today is like the last day it's gonna be open until like the end of the month and uh, just seeing and especially right now it's like raining out here which is uh really strange weather so it's just like this whole like weird thing that's going on right now but yeah, it's a weird vibe yeah yeah but who knows i we just got to kind of just continue to try to just live our normal lives and just see how this whole thing pans out and you know just try to stay uh, safe and just be healthy and just try to avoid that uh, virus yeah. Yeah. but 
yeah, we'll see. I think it's far off enough to where it won't be a big deal. But I mean, I guess we'll we'll see how it plays out. Yeah, for sure. And um, I, I guess we could kind of just hop into talking about uh, the X Men. Yeah. We, we, okay. So uh, recently, uh, like the whole um, X series got like rebooted. Uh, a whole bunch of new books came out. And I, and there's a lot of titles, and I'm not reading every title, and I'm curious because I, I don't think I've ever asked you um, which uh, X titles are you actually reading right now. So right now I'm reading X-Men, okay. um, and I'm reading some – I picked up the first issue of Cable just because I'm curious. I picked up the, the first issue of, of all of them actually just to see what, it, what they were kind of like. And to be honest, I'm not – I wasn't really crazy about any of them except for – uh, X-Men, X-Force, and New Mutants. Okay. Um, and then even so, New Mutants has been like this weird alternation between like the issues that Hickman's writing and the issues that somebody else is writing. I can't even think of who right now. Maybe uh, Ed Brisson. I don't know. But the Hickman issues are the ones that I was interested in. Um, but right now, I'm, I'm still reading X-Men and then I'm kind of reading some of the other ones just based on like shit that people are like letting me know that it's tying in um x-force i'm not caught up on but i I have all the issues and i plan on catching up when i get the chance um but x-men is still it's it's still like very it's very much like a hickman book which is like by that i mean like we're eight issues into the main title after all the house of x powers of x stuff um and like it's still kind of unclear what he's kind of playing at right now. Um, and this is my first time reading a Hickman run in single issues as opposed to reading the whole thing collected after it's done. Um, which I did with Fantastic Four and his Avengers New Avengers run. So it's kind of frustrating in the sense that things are kind of happening and we don't really know what's going on fully yet. But I know that it's going to hit a point where it's like kind of all comes together in a very Hickman way. So I'm very excited for that. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to un- unpack there. So I'm not reading, and I already said this, I'm not reading all the X titles. Like when it first started, I was really excited to read, obviously, the, the main title. Yeah. And I was really interested in Marauders just because I. Yeah. Uh, fan of kitty pride and I, I didn't realize that that book was going to be so political and i was like okay this is this is fine it's, it's a lot to keep up with with like i'm just trying to like you know meeting all the different groups and stuff and trying to keep everything organized so that was like fun i i still enjoy the book and i hang out in, in my comic shop sometimes on wednesdays just kind of linger around and like talk to people who are buying the books and just kind of get a different perspective and yeah um, my buddy who owns a comic shop, he, he was telling me, he's like, dude, you got to read X-Force. You got to read X-Force. And I just put it off every week. And it wasn't until this guy came in, um, some customer, I, f- I forget his name. And he was uh, getting rid of Marauders off of his pull. And I asked him about it. And he just said that he wasn't um, into it. It just didn't do it for him. But then he he told me, he's like, dude, he's like, are you reading X-Force? And I was like, no, I'm not. But um, Enrique, the shop owner, tells me that I should read it. And he's like, yeah, he's like, you should be reading it because right now, um, X-Force is uh, the the book that's actually pushing the main story. Yeah. And at that point, I was like, are you kidding me? Like this whole time I've been reading the main title and Marauders and just trying to, you know, 
keep everything together and just kind of asking about the other stuff to try to stay on top of like what's actually going on in this whole um universe of the x-men yeah i mean can can, can we say spoiler can, does it matter if i say spoilers here does it like oh i i don't mind i i actually love for spoilers so um okay. well then i guess spoiler alert not i don't know how many people listening to this are going to be reading x-men currently but okay. um in the first few issues of new mutants there was like this whole thing where they went into Shi'ar space and they found um, a king egg, like a brood king egg, and brought it back to Krakoa with them. And that's kind of something that's starting to unfold in the main X title. Mm -hmm. Well, other than that, yeah, X-Force has been, like I said, I'm not fully caught up. I'm a few issues behind. Okay. But X-Force has been the whole book that's pushing the narrative right now with like Xavier getting assassinated and um, all the stuff with Domino and like, um, the like genetic cloning thing that's going on, but X Men is still. It's frustrating for me because I want to see the main book written by Hickman be the one pushing things, but I know that Hickman is kind of like, to at least to my understanding, is involved with like plotting all of it, and then he just has the other people kind of doing the like specific writing duties. Mm -hmm. So, um. As far as Marauders go, I love the concept of it, but I just fell off after a couple issues and like not even that it wasn't doing it for me or I didn't like it. I just like I'm keeping up with so many Marvel books right now that I, I just that one I just fell off of. Um, but yeah, X-Force is fucking awesome. X-Men is fucking it's very awesome, again, in a very Hickman way, which, you know, again, I mean, it's cool. There's cool things happening. There's sometimes I'll, I'll read an issue of it and be like, that was fucking incredible. And then sometimes I'll read an issue and be like, well, I don't fucking understand what he's doing with this one. But I know like 10 issues from now or 20 issues from now or whatever, it'll all tie back together and it'll all be very like satisfying because that's just how he writes. He like writes for like the long haul. He's definitely like a long haul writer um, as opposed to which I feel like is rare now. Like I feel like most current comic writers can't do like a long haul. So if you look at like a Tom King or somebody like that who like kills it like knocks it out of the park with like 12 issue and under like maxi and miniseries but then like you put tom king on batman where he has to write 100 issues and like he can't even dc pulls him off before he can finish it because it's so fucking bad shit like that like that's why i like hickman is because he writes for like the long haul and it's something that you can really get invested in yeah. um so like i said even though some of the issues currently are kind of frustrating me because they seem a little disjointed mm -hmm. they're starting to kind of come together a little bit and he's kind of starting to call back to things that happened in house and powers of x and like so yeah i the my favorite issue so far are, are you caught up on it on x-men currently yes yeah my my favorite issue so far of this run has been the uh the mystique issue Oh okay, damn. Yeah, the the way that that one ended with like her with like you know her with the glass drinking and oh god, yeah, it's yeah. it was just like pretty intense. Because the whole time I kind of like um have been kind of thinking that Apocalypse was gonna be like the the big bad sort of either yeah. him or Mister Sinister is kind of like what was like alluded to a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, and then when that whole issue with Mystique happened, I was like, okay, this is like. Finally, he's kind of show, tipping his hand a little bit about where he's going with all this. Like, you can kind of tell that Mystique's going to be, like, kind of the, like, the force behind everything happening. And she's a cool character. Like, she's she's one of my favorite X-Men villains um, because X-Men, obviously, 
has gone through the ringer after Claremont was off. And there's been like some good stuff, but a lot of dog shit. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's a very confusing um, continuity with like so much retconning and like weird loopholes. And but Mystique, I think, is something that's remained pretty constant. Like Mystique is like a true villain, and I think that's cool. That's like kind of hard to find. Um, at, at, like everybody plays their hand at trying to write like a, a character as like like a villain character is like the good guy obviously you know magneto seen it with dr doom even but like mystique is like a true x-men villain i think and she's like somebody who has been relatively unchanged for the most of the continuity so that's pretty cool yeah i i'll definitely agree with that i'd I'm really curious to see uh, what she's going to do because obviously they're you know uh, you know dangling this deal in front of her and, and they just I'm not sure like how far they think they can push her but it's like you know she's already you know planning her like exit strategy and she's yeah. gonna like make her move so I, I'm really curious to see um, what she ends up doing which is like pretty interesting I'm like definitely looking forward to that. Are you reading the um, X Men Fantastic Four crossover? You know I have the first issue but I haven't read it yet. Yeah I. I picked up the first two issues and I think when all four come out, I'm just going to read it in one shot because mm-hmm. I loved in uh, house and powers when they had the whole part with Franklin Richards where Cyclops like pulled up to the fantastic four and was just like, kind of like, you know, putting it out there that Franklin, like, you know, Franklin had a spot on Krakoa yeah, and like, he just wasn't about it. Yeah. Alluding to the point that there was going to be like some sort of contention about where Franklin belongs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, really hoping that they would come back to that and i think obviously that's what's going on in x-men fantastic four and i i love chip starsky too i think chip sadarsky is really good so i'm excited to read that but since it's a four issue miniseries i'm picking up single issues and just waiting till they're all out and reading it at once yeah and uh i'm i'm just happy to see fantastic four you know back in like the comic book world because i know uh, for a while, like after like the last movie came out, they just kind of like just pushed them aside and just kind of tucked them in a dark corner, and they weren't yeah. around for a while. So I yeah, they wrote them out after that Hickman or after um Secret Wars, I guess. Yeah, so I'm but, just happy that they're actually back and they're gonna you know and they're utilizing them, and um, hopefully they become like a bigger part of the universe because I'm I've always been a fan of the Fa- the Fantastic Four just because I, I used to watch the cartoon growing up. Yeah, I mean Fantastic Four is like the the heart of like of um like Marvel universe like that's like where pretty much everything major and important was all established in the jack kirby stan lee fantastic four run i mean everything comes back like everything that's happened over the last 60 years comes back to fantastic four like it all is rooted in fantastic four and it's like much in the same way i can't remember if this is something that we talked about uh on the last episode of the podcast that you had me on but it's something that i've talked about with people before it's like in the way like I went to school for English lit and like they you know they kind of talk to you about like if you if you're going to understand literature like it all a lot of like allusions go back to the bible and greek mythology and it's important to know those things to understand what's going on I feel the same way I feel like that's what fantastic four is for marvel continuity like you even if you don't read the first 100 issues of fantastic four if you really want to know what's going on and understand most of the things that are being referred to, like you should at least read some sort of like a recap of the first hundred issues of fantastic four. 
that's uh, some great advice because I, I know I've like talked to people before and they, they're always, uh, and these are people who aren't really into comic books. Um, I, I always find that a lot of people, uh, what's holding them back is they don't really know where to start because there's so much history there and there's so many books and so many different books and uh, different volumes of characters. And I, I feel like that would be a fun place to start. Just send them back to the beginning be like, hey, read this and then you can kind of branch out and you can basically go anywhere. Yeah. Or even so honestly, like the, um, the, uh, fantastic four grand design that Tom Scioli did, which is like, uh, and Ed, uh, Piscor did the X-Men one, which is just like the continuity distilled into like, it's like basically an illustrated summary. Mm-hmm. Um, that is like a really good way if you don't want to sit there and read. Cause I understand, you know, it's like written in like the silver age. And for a lot of people, it's like, hard the writing can be kind of bogged down and like some of it can be hard to get through like i totally understand even though i feel like you should read it for the jack kirby art alone but um if you don't want to sit there and read you know a bunch of issues of silver age fantastic four you can read the fantastic four green design and again it's it's like in basically an illustrated summary of those whatever first however many issues and it'll give you everything you need to know and then you can go read whatever from there but okay and uh, I, was, I was curious like so the guy who's writing x-force uh benjamin percy yeah i had no idea that uh he was the guy who did that wolverine podcast a, a couple of years ago i'm not sure if you ever listened to it they, no, they, but they, i know he's the dude who, i know that podcast is pretty popular and mm-hmm. i know he's the dude who did it mm-hmm. i just know that uh i've never listened to the podcast okay well and they eventually turned it um into a, a comic which uh was cool um it, I, if you ever get a chance i i think the podcast was awesome like a, a definitely a great listen and that's part of what sold me on, on catching up catching up oh, oh excuse me oh, are you still there you there yeah yeah can you hear me oh yeah sorry i i just was able to hear myself i'm sorry but um uh, finding out that the guy writing x Force was the guy who did that podcast i was like super stoked i'm like hey okay, i have to pick that up now because i was really into the podcast and it's also what led me to pick up uh the first issue of wolverine because he's also writing that as well but i haven't had a chance to read it yet but i, I definitely picked it up just because i want to support him and uh check out more of his writing yeah um i picked up the first issue of wolverine just because i'm like a wolverine guy i love him he's a cool character um and i know and i read i know it's two issues in one i read the first one but like I, I read it and I, I don't even – I know it like ends with like something with Omega Red, which is like fine. But I don't – I'll have to read it again because something about it didn't really grab me too much. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know what it was. It kind of just was like – I felt like it was like they did the whole like, oh, he got tricked into killing – like killing people that were like his uh, companions. But they already did that. Like that's already been done with uh, the f- original Old Man Logan stuff, the Mark Millar Old Man Logan. Yeah, great. So man. it's like it seems a little bit rehashed, but I'm gonna stick with it and, and see where it goes. Okay, and so are you um, reading a lot outside of um, the X titles when it comes to Marvel? Yeah, um, my favorite Marvel book right now actually is Daredevil. Oh, great one, great um, book. It's it's so good right now, like. It's as good now, I think. I've said this too. Out, like, I love X Men. I've, I've read pretty much the entire Claremont run. And, like, I, I, X Men is, like, 
my shit. But outside of that, I think I might – I think Daredevil consistently might be the best Marvel book of all time. Um, and I say that going into it like you go into Daredevil – you go into any Marvel book and people can be like, oh, these are the best runs like pretty much agreed upon you know, and be like – and distill it down to something for you. Either that or it's like a character where it's like hard to even think of like a memorable run. Um, but you go with like Daredevil and it's like so much of it is like Hall of Fame, like comic book crafting, like everything from the Frank – people will talk about the Frank Miller stuff obviously. But you get into like more modern era and it's like all of the Bendis stuff, all of the Brubaker stuff and all of the Mark Wade stuff is like incredible. And that's like so much material. That's such a good time span. Um, it's, it's, it's just so good. And, and the daredevil stuff going on now, usually I like, I know I said, I like like long haul writing, but I like it when they're kind of broken up into smaller arcs, even if they're kind of interconnected. But right now they're going on like one consistent story. I think it's on issue 20 now and it's like still going and it's like, it doesn't feel like bogged down at all. It still feels really like fresh and good. So yeah, um I, yeah daredevil is amazing right now that's probably my favorite marvel book um venom is really good i love donnie cates um four issues into his thor run that's fucking awesome so far um and it, i like that it builds on all the cosmic stuff from before that he was doing because i love all that somebody recently told me that they're gonna do that they saw in the solicitations that they're gonna do a collected edition of all of Donny Cates cosmic stuff. I don't know if that's true or not, but if that comes out, that's fucking awesome. Okay. I, um, yeah. Uh, talking about Daredevil, um, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. I think I, my favorite might be the Mark Wade run, but I'm also like a sucker for uh, Bendis and when uh, Alex Maleev was doing the art. I, I, I yes. love it. Yes. Dude, it's so good. Yes. Have I you, ever, you read the Brubaker run? No, I, you know, I, I have never read the Brubaker run. The Brubaker run picks up right, like right at the end of the Bendis run. I don't even know if it renumbers. It might, it might not. But if it doesn't renumber, it picks up immediately. There's no like, oh, this is like a new fresh story. This is like what's been going on in between. It picks mm-hmm. up because I know the the Bendis run ends with him his identity getting outed in the press, mm-hmm. and the Brubaker run picks up with him getting him getting arrested and getting put like processed and everything for like getting charged with everything he's done as daredevil once his identity's outed. And there's like, it's, it's the whole first story arc is like him in prison and like how he gets out is like one of my, one of the coolest things like ever in any Marvel book. Um, and and, like one of my favorite things, basically, um, Frank Castle just like gives himself up so that he can go into jail and he can break daredevil out. And it's like, dude, it's such a good run. I actually like it better than the Bendis run, honestly. I know that's like, people put the Bendis run on this like crazy pedestal, but I think the Brubaker run is better. Okay. Well, I'm definitely going to have to check that out because the first thing I ever read by Brubaker was uh, his Winter Soldier way back when. So good. Yeah. Awesome. And he's like a really great writer. So I'll definitely have to go check that out. Um, His cat run is insane. Yes. Uh, but the current run of Daredevil, awesome. I, I was definitely skeptical going in just because, uh, you know, Chip Zdarsky, uh, what he's known for, like, you know, when it came to his writing, I, I just wasn't sure if he was going to do a good job with that character. 
yeah, he's like the funny guy. Yeah, exactly. So I was just kind of like, because I like read, you know, his uh, Star Lord that he was doing, and um, why am I drawing a blank on what else he was writing? Oh, and uh, and I, I definitely like his work on sex criminals, even though um, he was, uh, I think he was doing the art on that one, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and but just his work, I was just really nervous, but he's done a great job. Like super, super happy, with, like with um, you know. Marvel picking him to write that character, great job, and I'm definitely looking forward to see like how far he takes it with that. Yeah, I heard his. Uh, I've heard really good things about his Invaders run too, and I, that's something I've been meaning to read, but I haven't had a chance to. Okay, well, yeah, definitely, definitely have to look into that. Yeah, I'm also reading Savage Avengers right now. It's like a, it's like a cool like junk food book. It's like, you know, it's not crazy, like nothing crazy important, but it's like. It's like just like violent and it's like cool and gimmicky to see like Conan and Venom and Wolverine and the Punisher all like in a book together. Yeah, yeah that's how I felt a couple months ago. I, I read this. Uh, it was a mini run. It was a, a book called Contagion. I don't know if you saw that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, you know, just a fun book. Just like some random disease gets out of Kunlun and uh, invades uh, New York. It was, yeah, yeah. It was just fun. It wasn't like super groundbreaking. It was just something, just you know, kind of fun filler stuff to read in between like the normal books that I'm like really into. Yeah, I, I um, I remember seeing the ad for Contagion and laughing because it was so fucking like I saw an ad for it in another Marvel book. Mm-hmm. It was so low res. It was like insanely pixelated, and I just remember laughing really hard at like that somebody at Marvel let that fly and didn't catch that. Yeah. Yeah, not, that's a trip too. That yeah. you know, something like that could just make it through and just get printed on you know thousands of books. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Okay, but Hulk is really good right now too. I don't know if you're reading Hulk. <laughs> yeah, um, Mortal Hulk. Yeah, I I don't, and I I'm, I'm just so because I I've heard you say it, and I've heard a bunch of other people say that that book is like really awesome. But I I think to the point like I'm so far behind. I'm just like, uh yeah, yeah, no, but at some I, point. I yeah, at some point I'll, I'll probably uh, pick up a trade and read it because I, I for yeah I've, I've never heard a bad thing about that that run so yeah it's it's fucking crazy man there was a the first issue came out I picked it up I was on a tour I don't remember what tour I was on but I was on a tour I picked up the first issue read it I was like this sucks I didn't even I just like ditched the book somewhere mm-hmm. I was like I don't even care about this and then kept hearing how good it was went back like months months later when the first trade was out and picked it up read it again and I was like oh wow this is fucking awesome like I don't know why this didn't click with me before and then obviously had gotten rid of the first issue which was annoying because that first issue was for a minute was like flipping for like pretty decent money and I would have been able I would have definitely traded it or sold it but that was bad foresight on my part to just ditch it you just like toss it somewhere <laughs> yeah yeah like I picked it up on the because obviously I didn't have my pull list okay but we were like, I think we went to a mall and there was like a comic book shop either in the mall or like next door to the mall and I just popped in and I was like, oh, I forgot this came out today. I don't even think it's on my pull list at home. Like I'll just, I'll just grab it and read it and see. And I did and I was just like, oh, well, that sucked. And I just like, I think I just left it. I didn't want to even carry it with me on tour. I was just like, just like left it wherever I was or threw it out or something and like stupid in hindsight, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely get that. For me, if there's uh, books that, that I pick up and I don't enjoy, they either get lost. I, I have like this uh, uh, short box with just like random books that I didn't enjoy, and yeah. I eventually turn into like um, wrapping paper for like gifts. 
because I, I don't yeah I, I don't like go out and buy wrapping paper I, I just like you know I'll pull out the staples and I'll just kind of like just slap on these like comic book pages and it looks kind of cool uh, just because it's like you know a bunch of random stuff like panels and yes. ads all mixed together so that is cool that's smart yeah I do like uh I have everything organized I have four short boxes right now and I tr- and I'll go through like every like I don't know every few months I'll go through and I'll just kind of go through everything that I'm like okay I don't love this Mm -hmm. and I'll just get rid of it and just keep the essentials and I've kind of distilled it down to where like once the four short boxes are kind of overflowing that's when I kind of just go through and see what I really want to keep and what I don't care and like stuff I'll eat most of it I'll either like I'll buy it in a trade or I'll like just I've read it and I'm done with it but like the only single issues that I have now are stuff that I like really love and like really want to keep and what do you do with the stuff that you want to get rid of do you just uh, do you sell them somewhere or do you just like toss them? Um, usually I'll just like, um, I sometimes like I try to bring them to, uh, I try to donate them to like, there's like a Goodwill by my house or like a South. I don't know if it's a Goodwill or a Salvation Army, but it's some sort of thrift store mm-hmm. and I'll take, try to donate them. But the last time I went, they were just like, yeah, we're not like, they didn't even want to take them. Um, so sometimes like, I don't know. I'll just, I'll try to do something with them before throwing them out. Usually see if anybody wants them or trade them in for credit at this comic shop by my house. But yeah, I've had to throw them away before, but that's like kind of my last resort. Yeah. Yeah. I have, I don't even want to, I think I might have 12 or probably around 12 or 14 short boxes in my closet. And I, I've given up organizing them. Cause like now I, I just literally like, in my room, I have comic books like floating like all around me. Yeah, I do too. My room is like that too. Yeah, so I'm just like, uh, at some point, I'm gonna have to, I, I, w- I want to do what you're doing with like just the four with the essentials because th- there definitely was a point in time where I, I was just like a sponge and I wanted to read everything, even if it wasn't like the best stuff. But like now, like these days, like I'll walk into like my shop and like there'll be things I'm like slightly interested in, but I'm like I'm just like no, like I'll pass. Like if I, if I'm not like absolutely like. If it's not like the character, like you know, Iron Man or Daredevil, like that, I like, ride or die for. Um, I, I, I just, it's just hard for me to like want to invest in like these other things that might not even last. Yeah. Are you are you an Iron Man guy? Yes. Yeah. Are you reading uh like the Iron Man twenty twenty like the Force Work stuff going on right now? You know, I'm not reading the twenty twenty. I'm just reading the the main title. Yeah. Who's writing it right now? I don't even know. It's uh, Dan Slott. Oh, is it? Oh, there you go. Are, are do you like Dan Slott? <laughs> You know, here's a funny story. So I, uh, I, I wanted him off of Spider-Man for so long. I was like, Dan Slott has been writing this fucking book for so long. Please just leave. Like, I want somebody else to be on it, and maybe it'll uh, be good again. Because I wasn't a fan of his stuff on, <laughs> on Spider-Man, and I, I think the universe was like, all right, cool. Like, you want him off Spider-Man? We're gonna curse you and just send him to your favorite character. So you're forced to read him. Because like, I, I just love Iron Man. So no matter who's writing him, like, I'll just read it. Um, even yeah. though it's not good, but surprisingly, I um, he's doing a good job. Maybe he's always done a good job with Spider Man. Maybe I was just biased no, and didn't no, like him for that reason. No, no, his Spider Man sucks, bro. Okay, this garbage. And like, dude, even Superior Spider Man. Uh-huh. So many people were like, "You gotta read Superior. You gotta read Superior." I read it. and I was like, "Fine, it was okay. It wasn't like yeah. I wouldn't even say it was like good. It was like almost good. It was like I finished it, but like." I barely had the motivation to finish it. Yeah, I, I just like the would, art. Shout out, right? Yeah, Stegman. So yeah, is it? 
No, no. Is it Ryan? I know Ryan Segman was on some of it. I like Ryan Segman's art on it. Uh-huh. A lot of it was uh, Humberto Ramos too. Yes, awesome guy. He, I don't. It's a little. His stuff is a little too cartoony for me. Okay, that's fine. Um, but yeah, dude, and Dan Slott on Fantastic Four, like the the first like four or five issues, I was like, okay, I like this a lot, and then it, I just like it fell off so bad. It's just not. He's not funny. He tries to write like Chips Darsky, who's like actually funny. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's just not. I just don't think he's funny. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I don't like it. I, I'm not a Dan Slott fan. Yeah, like I'm not. I'm not like in love with the book. Like I'm uh, just trying to enjoy it for what it is, and uh, yeah. you know, hoping he doesn't stay for a long time. But it, it kind of yeah. seems like he's going to be around for a while. I don't like. I don't get it. I don't get how he like rose to prominence the way he has. Like. I guess it was a Spider-Man run that really like put him over, but like, dude, it's not even good. When yeah. they when they redid when they redid um, Amazing Spider-Man, they renumbered it, and I remember it was this like big deal, and it was like they had all the Alex Ross covers and like whatever, and then I picked it up and I was like, oh, this is just an Iron Man book with like where Peter Parker had like Parker Industries now, and yeah. like he's rich and he has like technology and he's like underwater and i'm just like dude this is just a fucking iron man book like this is not what i want out of a spider-man book at all this is like not the point of like i don't know it just pissed me off i I, and i i just don't like his dialogue i don't like his plotting like i'm just not a dan slot guy at all yeah i was hoping that they would give like somebody like a like a younger writer a, a, a chance to write iron man like i was hoping for uh, I, I was a huge fan of uh, Tom Taylor because he, he, okay. did, he, he did the um, that all new Wolverine run. Yeah, that which was good. He did X Men Red also. Yeah, or like uh, there was a guy he, he was writing uh, Spider Gwen for a while. Um, uh, what the hell? I can't remember his last name starts with an L. Latour. Uh, oh, Jason Latour. Jason Latour. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was hoping like one of those guys like would have gotten the the Iron Man role because I really like w- what they were doing, but yeah, it, they just didn't get it, and uh, we got Dan Slott. My favorite, honestly, I've never really read any Iron Man solo books. I'm not like a huge fan of him as a character, okay. but I loved his role in all of the Bendis Avengers stuff. Okay, yeah. It's like I've said it before, the Bendis Avengers stuff was my introduction into like really being like a Marvel Comics fan. Like before that, I like liked comics, but I just read random things. New Avengers when it came out was like the first book that I was like, oh, this is coming out. Currently, every Wednesday I'm going to the shop. Every Wednesday that it's coming out, I'm going to the shop. I'm like buying it. I was like actively excited about looking forward to like new issues as opposed to like before that when I was just like going to the comic shop and buying a trade because I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I'll read it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And Iron Man is like – Tony Stark's like a massive dickhead in that whole run but like it's really well done. Like you hate him but like intentionally, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that I've said it before that that ben, that whole Bendis run is my fi- that's the pinnacle of of Marvel Comics for me. That's like my favorite uh comic book run ever. I read it I've reread it so many times and I'll continue to do so. It's I think it's like a perfect uh that's like a perfect superhero comic front front to back. There's no bad issues. Everything is incredible. It's it's so fucking good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, I'm still collecting the single issues from that run. I, I don't own all of them, but I own a decent yeah. chunk. I had all of them. I had so I rec- not recently, but I had 
I liquidated most of my collection and just switched over to trades or omnibuses or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I had the entire New Avengers run in single issues when I, um, when I was like had that phase of my collection, I guess. Yeah. Um, and now I have them all in the. Uh, I have they did a an omnibus for the first part, and then everything after that 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 isn't collected in that omni I have in the oversized hardcovers. So. Oh, nice. I, yeah. When I buy uh, trades or graphic novels, I I definitely prefer the the hardcovers just because I I like I want longevity like out of those books. Yeah. So. Sometimes I'll pick things up on trade just because yeah. if it's something I really love and I see it for cheap, like because obviously trades will, like comic shops will have like sales where they're just kind of trying to move all their trades and it'll be priced really crazy. Mm-hmm. I'll just if it's something that I really like, I'll just pick it up even if I already have a copy or if I have it on hardcover. Sometimes I just want to like have it just so I can like lend it to somebody to check out or something. Yeah, and, uh, and th- there's definitely some of those um, books too that don't have hardcovers, so there's really no other option. Yeah, that's true too. But damn, yeah, you know what's crazy is I was like really looking forward to um, meeting Bendis for the first time because he was scheduled to do the um, WonderCon convention that was that's happening or that was happening next month, but it got canceled just like everything else has gotten canceled. So, uh, yeah. And that's totally understandable, but I was just like, damn, like, I feel like I'm never going to meet that guy. Cause I, I like, he like never comes to California for like for these events. So when he yeah. finally got booked for one, because he's with DC now, I was like yeah. re- really excited because, uh, yeah. WonderCon's like more like, like a DC centric, um, convention. And I was just really looking forward to meeting him. But yeah, with this whole outbreak and they canceled the event. So um, who knows like if it will ever happen. Yeah. I mean, I haven't read any of his DC stuff. I do like Bendis and I have been meaning to read his Superman stuff just to check it out. Mm-hmm. But I haven't gotten around to it yet. I mean, I feel this way, and I, I was listening to uh, an interview with uh, Joe Casada recently where it was on that uh, Stegman and His Amazing Friends podcast, the Ryan Stegman podcast. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever checked that out. It's pretty good. I've, um, I've never checked it out, but I've definitely heard about it. I I, I, I definitely should because there's always points at the like in the week where I'm caught up on all my podcasts, and I wish I had more to listen to, so I'll have to add that to my list. Yeah, Stegman and His Amazing Friends is really fucking good. Okay. It's – um. It's like just Ryan Segment and he has Donnie Cates on a lot or he'll have um I'm trying to th- he'll have Chips Darcy on there sometimes. Like he kind of has like recurring guests. Okay. And there's one episode where uh somebody I forget who it I don't remember if it's uh Charles Soule or Chips Darsky, but one of them takes over his uh podcast and like it's cool. It's like funny and it's like cool information. There's not really like a format to it, which I kind of like. They'll just do like whatever they feel like doing on an episode. So that's cool. Yeah, but anyways, sure. they, they interviewed Joe Casada for an episode and Joe Casada they asked him what he thought DC was doing wrong and what DC could do differently. And like the first thing he said was like, it's crazy that they got Bendis and they didn't put him on Batman, which is like, I agree with that. Like Bendis Batman would be insane. It would be so good. And like all of his, all the really good Bendis stuff is like the street level characters. And like, you know, it's like his new Avengers book was like, super like street level and you know ultimate spider-man obviously shit like that and, like he could be writing such a good batman book but instead they put him on superman and then they had fucking tom king write that absolute trash fire catastrophe batman run so 
uh, real quick, did you ever read Ben's uh, his Guardians of the Galaxy? No, but I heard it was good. Yeah, you know that was like my introduction to Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. just because that came out. Um, it actually came out, or it, it was going on like right before the first movie came out, and yeah. like I was just reading and, like, and I didn't even realize that the movie was coming out, and I was like, this book's actually pretty cool. Uh, it was like like a cool team book, um, yeah. and I felt like he did a good job, um, and I, I did follow him to DC. Just because I'm, I'm like really into his work, I, he, I think he's. Well, I don't think I know. I mean, he's my favorite writer. Like when it comes to comic books, so Bendis is? yeah, Bendis, yeah. That's cool. Um, and I, I was reading his Superman stuff, but I, I just have never been a fan of that character, like ever. Like just as like a comic fan, he just never like really interested me. So I was like, okay, maybe Bendis could you know write a cool story and get me interested. But I just still just wasn't doing it for me. So I, I just gave up on like I think like the sixth or seventh issue. True. Yeah. See, I, I'm a, I like Superman, so okay. I could probably get down with it. But we'll see. I don't. Uh, on the other hand, I, I don't really care about Guardians of the Galaxy. Those movies are like my least favorite of all the like MCU movies. Oh, for and, sure. Like I didn't even. I didn't even. I never finished the second one. Honestly, I just like too jokey and like they. Ca- I don't really care about the characters very much. Besides like Drax, who like because I love Drax from like the Jim Starlin era, like Space Marvel stuff, like mm-hmm. the Jim Starlin Ron Lim. Uh, Silver Surfer shit like Drax is so sick in those books and then they just made him like this like dipshit like punchline in the in the movies and that like kind of bothered me um or even in like Annihilation he's like super fucking cool and like a serious like f- crazy fucking cool character and then he just was made into such a joke for those movies um but I will say that I really liked the um Donny Cates Guardians of the Galaxy that just happened as a part of his whole space uh, saga. Mm-hmm. Um, mostly because the the characters in it were like a little different than like I mean it still had like Star Lord, uh, Gamora, Rocket Raccoon and stuff, but it had like had Beta Ray Bill in it and it had like Silver Surfer and like Nova and like all these cool other space characters. So I like that a lot. Well. Going back to uh, Bendis and him writing Batman, I honestly I never even thought that um that would would be like a cool thing. But now that you bring it up, that when you heard it in that podcast, I'm like, man, I I just can't stop thinking about it. Dude, it'd be awesome. I would pick that up so fast. As opposed to now, where I know I've said it several times already, I like hate read that entire Tom King, uh, Batman run, mm-hmm. and like hate like. The last half of it, I despised so fucking much, but I was just like, well, I'm already this many issues in. I might as well finish it, you know? And I kept reading it, and it never got good, and the end was so, like, just not satisfying. Just pissed me off. And now the guy who took over for it, um, it's Robert Tinian Fourth. Yeah. I read, like, the first, like, there's, like, four issues in right now or three issues in. I, I like, read a couple of them, and I was just like, this is just already off the bat so boring. And it's like, I don't know what's worse. Like this very like mediocre middle of the road, like just kind of boring, forgettable Batman stuff or like this weird bullshit that Tom King was writing. That's like so out there that I hate it, but at least it's like different, I guess. I don't know. But either way, they, if they put Bendis on Batman, that would be, I mean, I'm sure there's some sort of like industry behind the scenes, maybe contractual reason or like money reason why they haven't because it seems like such an obvious thing to do 
I'm sure there's no fucking way that somebody at the DC like editorial office, nobody's been like, oh shit, we should, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure there's some reason it hasn't happened that's beyond our comprehension of things as like readers, you know, but you would think that whatever it is, they would figure out a fucking made a way to make it work. Yeah. Uh, outside of Batman, who else do you think um, he could write a good story for? For DC or just in general? DC. Um, I mean, I'm not a huge DC guy. Like, I like Batman outside of, like, the context of Justice League. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like Batman as, like, a Justice League character at all. Um. But and I like Superman. He could write. I feel like he could write a really cool uh, question series. Um, that would be cool. I know Jeff Lemire was was doing, or I don't know if it's still going on. Uh, the question, like miniseries for DC Black Label. And I think that's cool. I love Jeff Lemire, and I think the question's a cool character. But like, really, anything street level like that, I think he could do like a cool job with. Yeah, I, I always wanted him to, or since he went over to DC, I, I I wanted to see him take on like some of like the the darker characters. Like I I always thought it'd be cool if he did like a, a Dead Man book. Yeah, that could be cool. Swamp, maybe even like Swamp Thing. I know that's not street level, but mm-hmm. it's not. It's like it's not like a character that's like in space fighting like you know galactic battles and like. Not like super high stakes, just kind of like more down to earth story. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I definitely get that. Well, Ed, he's like creating new characters too. He created that uh that Naomi character. Yeah, which people were mad about for some reason. I didn't honestly. I didn't even know he he created a new character until like I was in the shop and people were like freaking out because uh, I guess like Naomi number one at the time was uh like it shot up to like like a hundred dollars. Yeah, because I, I guess at some point, and I seriously, I, I'm not caught up with DC at all. Um, but I, I guess like they were gonna reboot like and do or like redo like all like the uh, main superheroes like uh, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, Flash. Yeah, it was that that whole uh, 5G thing that they were gonna do. Yeah, are they, are they still doing it or is it? Uh, did they? Can't? No, as far as I, I the last I heard, they weren't. Okay. Um, I heard that they were not doing it anymore, and that um. What's the guy's name? Uh, Dan DiDio was the uh, the he was like the co-publisher of DC mm-hmm. and he got fired recently. And like I heard all this like speculation that it was like because they were mad about like the 5G thing. 5G being fifth, fifth generation, which I guess was like the whole thing that they were going to do was they were going to have all of the characters um, like the main characters uh, pass on the mantle to like younger characters of so like Clark Kent was going to give Superman to somebody else. Bruce Wayne wasn't going to be Batman anymore. He was going to give it to somebody else. Uh, Wonder Woman, like Green Lantern, like all those characters. And I guess that was going to be the whole thing, which I don't know how I feel about. That's like there's a way to do it. Like I like what Marvel did with like champions. Like there's like a, a generation of like younger superheroes, but then there's also like the original characters too. Like I don't think they have to just retire all those fucking characters. You can do both, you know? Yeah, I, I feel like that's like those characters are such a big deal to kind of just have them like step down is really yeah. strange. Like, because then what? Like, what? Like, they're like so iconic. Like, I I can't see that being just like the norm. Yeah, I love anything where they do too. Like, where like uh, Peter Parker and Miles Morales like interact. Like, I would love to see a Peter Miles team up book. Like, that would be so awesome. 
have you uh are, are you interested in that um I, I know it just came out with the spider-man noir um i think it's an interesting concept but i don't really care too much about stuff that's not like main continuity okay that's fair yeah. I was a huge fan of uh, Spider Gwen, but when they changed uh, or when they started using her like official superhero name, I just like it just really turned me off because I hate it. I don't know. Did you, I didn't even know she had a name other than Spider Gwen. I I didn't either until I saw the the new book come out and I was like Ghost Spider. What the hell is that? And oh, like, is that what that is? I keep I kept seeing that and being like, yeah. what is what the fuck is it? Yeah, that's that's uh, yeah, it's not Spider Gwen anymore. It's literally Ghost Spider, and it's like that's so stupid. Uh, that's weird. Yeah, I don't know. And then there's like the other um uh, girls that they haven't really been using, or I'm not, I don't even know where they're at. Like a uh, Silk and uh, Spider Woman. Is that all from like the Spider Verse stuff? Yeah, yeah, it all spawned out of like the Spider Verse stuff. See, I never read any of that shit. I just like, I just, I don't know why. I've heard it's good. I just, is that Dan Slot stuff? Uh, I I can't remember off the top of my head who was writing that. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just like never really. I mean, honestly, this sounds so crazy to say, but my favorite Spider-Man stuff is Ultimate Spider-Man. No, that's that's totally fair. Like that, like I, 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 it took me so long to get into like the Ultimate stuff, but when I did, I was like, wow, this this stuff is awesome. Yeah, I I put it off for I was for so long was just like fuck that. That's not like if it's not six one six, like it's not real Marvel. Like I don't care. And the covers always look weird to me. Dude, the covers are so bad. The covers are yeah. awful. Yeah. And that was another thing, too. I was like, yo, these covers suck. This is like some bullshit, not real continuity. Like, this is lame, like, whatever. And then my roommate, after years, um, was like, dude, he was like, go fucking read Ultimate Spider-Man. It's unbelievable. Mm. And I finally did. I think I only did it because I was, like, trying to get him to read something, and, we, and he wouldn't. And we made a deal that if he would read that, I would read Ultimate. I don't remember what it was, though. And I read it and I was like, oh, wow, this is so good. And it stays good, too. It's like a hundred whatever issues of just like non. It's so good. I would say that's like a a top five run for me. OK, yeah, th- th- that's sure. totally fair. Yeah, th- th- that's cool to hear you say that, too, because I don't um, talk to that many people these days that um, praise or, or have you even read the Ultimate series. Yeah, Ultimate Spot, dude. I And I have whenever I have friends who are like. Oh, I want to get into comic like Marvel comics, but I don't really know where to start. I always tell them to start with Ultimate Spider-Man. I'm like, it doesn't really tie into anything else, but so you know, you can read it and it and it just like you don't need to know anything else, and and that's cool. Like, I think that's like a cool way to get started for sure. And how did you feel like when they folded all that stuff into the the main universe? I mean, I again, I like. I didn't even read it until after that happened. So I wasn't following it while it was happening. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like I was very anti ultimate Spider-Man while it was happening, but reading it now in hindsight, I'm glad they did it because it leaves it on a good note to where if it, you know, they left it with Bendis. It ended. It was cool. It's good the whole time. There's no drop off. You know, and I, I, you know, I worry that if it went longer, it might have just gotten kind of stale. And today, are, are you still keeping up with Miles, or are you just kind of? No, and I'm, the only reason I'm not is because the I was reading when Bendis did the Miles Miles six one six book. Mm-hmm. I was reading that, and I liked it. And then, um, that dude uh, Saladin Ahmed, I think is his name. 
took over, and I thought that was it Saladin. Yeah, it was uh, Saladin Ahmed. Um, and I've heard he's a really good writer, but uh, the art on it is just like so. Like I read some. It's that dude Javier Garon, and I can't remember what book I read that he did pencils for. And I don't know if it was the the inks or the colors or what. Maybe it wasn't him, but dude, I thought his art was so fucking annoying that when I saw that he was penciling the new Miles book, I was like, "Oh, I'm dude, I'm not even gonna bother with that." Like, I just didn't even check it out. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Yeah, because I was so used to the I was at Sarah Pacelli. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I was so used to her art, and um, yeah, I, I just kind of I fell off when it came to Miles. Yeah. So. Like outside of um, him being on like those team books, like yeah, like I don't even like read his main title. Yeah, I feel like Marvel right now. There's so much of that style where it like all like either looks like Humberto Ramos or it looks like um like Ed McGinnis or something like that. Where it's just like it's really just like bubblegummy and like cartoony and like just like I don't like it. I like like the the guys like. Who, who are doing X-Men right now are such a good like team um, it's like uh, Lionel Francis Yu on pencils and then whoever's doing inks and colors for that it's like it looks like a comic book but it, it doesn't look like a comic book for six year olds you know yeah, no, like it's a little grittier and like that I like a lot I just would I wish I would I wish I could see more of that. I would love to see Marvel get there's like some people who do like the cartoony shit in like a cool way, like um that dude uh Daniel Warren Johnson. Not familiar um, with his stuff. He does like indie books, like he did that book Murder Fountain. Um But he yeah, if you look up Daniel Warren Johnson Murder Falcon, it'll come up. His art is like cartoony, but it's like really cool. And, like, I would love to see him on, like, a cool Marvel book, but I don't know. I think Marvel is in a really good place right now with writers, but they're kind of lacking in the in the pencils department. That's my honest opinion. Okay. No, that, that, that's really fair. I'm, I'm really curious to see, like, what direction they take for the rest of the year because, obviously, there's a huge focus on uh, the X-Men coming back. And I'm just not sure because I, I I know there's like supposed to be like a big event coming up, but I'm not even sure what it is. It's uh, Empire. Oh, there you go. That's what it is. Yeah, because I remember looking through the previews and, and I was seeing it. Um, but I'm I'm always like on the fence when it comes to these like big events. Like I think the, like the last one I was like super super into was like Civil War two, but after that I, I just been kind of like just watching from afar. I read Civil War two and then I was out. I didn't. I was like, I didn't like the way it was paced. It was like this. There was like no pacing at all, and it felt. I know. Did Bendis write it? I can't remember. He did, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, like I remember reading it and being like, "Dude, this is a Bendis book," but it doesn't feel like a Bendis book at all. Like, I like Bendis's pacing with things, and I like the way that he does like issues where it's like very like down to earth and very like character driven. And then like there will be whole issues where it's like it's like you know focus on dialogue or focus on like character progression, and then he'll do like the big explosive moments and like whatever. And like, I hated civil war two. Cause I felt like I was watching like a Michael Bay movie. You know what I mean? It was like, everything was just like, all right, this crazy explosion, big, like crazy fight. And like, Oh, this character is going to die. And it's going to be this huge moment. And it's like, dude, there's no actual like plot. It's just like, 
like shocking moment after shocking moment. You know what I mean? It kind of felt like shoehorned in. I didn't like it. Yeah, it felt like they were just more focused on like you know these like shock value moments instead of like yeah. a deep story. Yeah, I do feel like to Marvel kind of like the last like big event that I was like, oh, this is fucking awesome was uh, Secret War. Okay. Um, but like, dude, the golden era of Marvel events, and I know maybe I'm just biased because it goes back to me being so invested in that Bendis Avengers run. But the golden era of Marvel events was like Civil War, and then like Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion was like incredible like maybe best marvel event of all time i think but i know that i feel like and i know a lot of people feel this way it just became like event fatigue where it was like nothing matters other than like the four events each year that are now happening and everything is just like okay this event ended now everything that's happening is just this weird lead up to like the next event and it just became this weird way like to move the continuity along that just like it's just like too much and i don't really care about events anymore like i said other than secret war which at this point was a few good few years back i can't think of, like i tried to read that uh standoff event mm-hmm. and um something else and i was just like dude this i just don't care like i i kind of like the books now that are kind of just doing their own thing like like i said daredevil or hulk where it's just like things are kind of happening on their own and it's like not really t- like feeding into like the event mania yeah I, I definitely get that i uh the events are i feel like they they shouldn't do them so often because I, I feel like it, it does put uh like it, it has like these like group of books in a cycle where like it's all building up to this event but these yeah. characters were like stuck watching them in these events and we don't really get to see them progress until yeah. they like break out and get to you know be their own book and hopefully get popular enough to, so that it sticks around and doesn't get canceled yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's definitely rough, and I I wish that, like they would actually, um, because I know that that they're aware that people you know are kind of like sick of the events, and I know that for a while they're talking about they were going to put a pause on that and give characters yeah. a chance to actually develop and give us a chance to maybe get some like more interesting like event storylines instead of like you know just like regurgitated stuff. But yeah, I think they they did back off a little bit on them. Yeah. Like they're not as I feel like I don't. I mean, maybe not, but I, I feel like maybe maybe it's that I'm paying less attention to them, maybe. but I feel like I see them happening less than they used to. Like, dude, if they did an event every couple years, it would be such a bigger deal and feel so much more important yes. than when there's three events happening annually. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree because because uh, like think about like how awesome like getting like the, the group of writers who are writing these like, you know, all these awesome books, you know, kind of separate, but then kind of like sprinkling things like here and there to kind of like, you know, uh, call back to when this big event does happen. Yeah. Like, yeah, it, it would be so, so much like like cooler than the way they do it now where they're yeah. just like, all right, this event's happening. Here's your checklist of all the books that you need to buy to, you know, know what's going on in the event. And it's just like, yeah, they, they just kind of shoved it in our faces. And I don't know. I, I'm just not really into it as much as I used to be. I'm like, wait, like the way I feel about that stuff now is like obviously like way different than way back when, when I was first getting into it. Yeah. Where you're kind of dazzled by it and they may, and you kind of fall for the whole like the way. I mean, at least for me to like the first event that happened while I was like keeping up with things was Secret Invasion, which to be fair, that's a really fucking good event. Yeah. And like actually it is very important for like marvel continuity as a whole but like the the marketing for it was crazy i don't know if you remember like they did all those ads where it was just like photos of like little kids in the playground and one of them would just be like a scroll like that kind of thing 
No, I honestly like I came in like after that. Okay, yeah. If you look at the single issues like of New Avengers leading up to that, the ads for it were like really cool, and it was like kind of like honestly, they that's like the perfect marketing campaign, and like I don't know, everything about that event was like that's what an event should be, and they led up to it for so long, and it wasn't just like it had actual ramifications. It actually changed things. Um. That's like the the way they should be doing events, I think. So you definitely mentioned that event a, a couple times here. Uh, have you heard those talks about them doing that in the MCU? Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously, everything in the MCU is rumors at this point. So it's like with me too. With the MCU, it's like the first phase was cool. I mean, not first phase, but like the beginning of it through, um. Endgame was fucking cool. Like, okay. I, I really enjoyed those movies for what they were, but I get frustrated sometimes with how they kind of let the movies dictate what their comics are doing. You know what I mean? Oh, I hate it. And it's like, dude, it's like, listen, normal ass people who are going and watching the movies and like sharing fucking memes about Fat Thor on Twitter are probably not going to go start buying single start pulling marvel comics every week that's just the reality of it like they're still gonna go buy the shirts and the fucking you know All the toys and the yeah. fucking mugs and whatever else you know so just like let let that be its own thing and let the comics be its own thing and and they can coexist but i just hate like it's like it comes back to like earlier how we were talking about how like when they lost the, the rights to the Fantastic Four movies and, and they just kind of like brushed the Fantastic Four book off into a corner, you know what I mean? Yeah, I hated that. I just hate letting, or when uh, Endgame was coming out and then all of a sudden the big event was Infinity Wars and they did that Infinity Warps shit. And it's like, dude, I didn't re- I didn't care about any of that. It's crap, you know? Yeah, same here. It's just like, they think they <laughs> that they can just try to sucker in people to buy all these books just because it's related to the movies somewhat, yeah. you know? Uh, but but I I definitely agree because I'm I'm you know we're in the comic shops we're buying these books and we can see what's going on and we're also watching the movies so they definitely can uh, have it so that it is separate and you know things could coexist and I feel like the landscape of the comic book world would be like way different if they didn't let the movies dictate like what was going on like you said for sure but I mean to be fair I think Marvel's in a way better place now than it was two years ago even um i think it's like really good right now there's a lot of good stuff going on the event mania event fatigue thing isn't happening so bad there's like new i mean donny cates i think is like kind of the future of of marvel he's like kind of the guy at this point you know yeah he's he's just writing like you know everything he touches is really good yeah, and he's still really new too, relatively. I mean, I think the first book he did for Marvel, I think, was Thanos, which was not that long ago. It's like yeah. three or four years ago at this point. But like, you know, the other guys really like pushing what's going on in Marvel right now, or like, you know, Jason Aaron and like Hickman. But like those guys have been around. They're like older, you know? Yeah. Like so I think it's cool that they have somebody like Cates and then like people like Chibs Darsky who are and like Charles Soule, like just like newer, like younger people who are kind of moving it along. And like, I don't know. I think it doesn't feel as stagnant as it did like two years ago where it was just like being a Marvel comics fan two, three years ago. It was like bleak. It was like, this sucks every couple months. Like 
every book that I was like, oh, I'm starting to, you know, really get into this, like ended after what, like, if you look at that time period, there's no books that went past, you know, it's hard to find one that goes past like 25 issues without getting axed or renumbered or whatever, because they were just trying all these desperate attempts to get readership up and restarting and renumbering books and like, oh, this is like a, a whole new reset, everything's starting at number one. It's like, dude, they did that so many times around that time period. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I definitely understand that. And I, I hate um, that that happens every so often. And now they're like, you know, they have the issue number of the book, but then there's also the legacy number. Yeah. I'm just like, come on, can, can we just keep it together? And yeah, like, like I feel like they should like renumber a book like once it is actually over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree. Uh, do you ever find yourself because like I feel like this happens to me all the time. Like I, I'm I'm in the comic shop. I'm uh, you know looking at the wall of like new books, and I'll see uh, a Marvel book, and I'm just clueless on who the writer is. I'm just like, who the hell is this person? Because like it's like a character that I'm very familiar with, and then I yeah. look at the writer, and I'm like, who the hell is this? Like where did this person come from? Like I feel so out of the loop sometimes, and I'm just like, dude, I'm here every Wednesday. Like how do I not know who this is? And so I always just have to ask like whoever's in the shop, like. Like you know, for like reference, or I'll have to go and Google the person's name to see what like what they've done, or like you know how they got to that point. Because it's always just like so strange to me that Marvel's always just putting these like the most random new people on like these like crazy books. It's just so weird to me. Yeah, it's it's bizarre, man, and and that that does happen to me a lot. And I've I've honestly, there's been books that I've been discouraged from reading because I'm just like, look at the creative team. It's like yeah, I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. I'll look up their shit and be like, they've barely done anything. It's all shit I've never heard of, and it's just like. I don't know, man. I don't. But I mean, I guess that's like a good thing and a bad thing too because at the same time, like, dude, I didn't re I didn't know who the fuck Donnie Cates was before that Thanos book. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. When I saw that Thanos book on the shelf, I remember seeing Cates and being like, I don't know who the fuck that is. And now he's, you know, he's like the shit, you know? Yeah. So, I, 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 just, I, I just wish – or maybe there is, and I'm just not aware. But like, I I wish there was like a place where like Marvel would like actually like showcase like these newer writers and be like, hey, here's so and so who's about to be on this new book. Like, you know, check them out and like kind of like give like background story instead of just like putting them on there and not really saying much. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the only really closest thing that we have to that is like in the previews books. They'll kind of like do like little one page interview. They did that like that Young Guns thing. I remember that. Where, yeah. Like, in the pre yeah, in the previous books, they were like um, doing like these little short one page interviews with like writers and artists that were like ho they're hot new artists or writers or whatever you know. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't know. I think that, like I said, I think they're in a good place now compared to a couple of years ago, though. Yeah, um, at least from a readership standpoint. I don't know, you know, I don't own a comic book shop so i don't know what their sales are like or or whatever but from a reader i'm much happier with marvel right now than i was a, a few years ago for sure yeah no i, I definitely agree I, I feel like they're doing a, a way better job because like, i do remember the, uh, i think i was at comic-con and i was uh we were signing with um i forgot who the hell was it was it was it Snyder or no? Um, what's his name? Uh, the guy who does the art with Snyder on Batman, Capullo. Uh, um, oh, Greg Capullo. Yeah. 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 Um, we were uh, uh, at the DC because Capullo was there, and I, I hope I'm remembering this correctly. And like we were talking at ComCon, and like we were talking about how DC at the time they were you know actually showing respect and showing a lot of love to their writers. 
versus yeah. like at the time Marvel wasn't like literally like we were at the DC booth getting our books signed and then at the same time literally across the way there was like a like a stupid uh, Black Panther panel and yeah. uh, Capullo was pointing out he was like hey I was like think about this he's like we're here the people who create these comic books we're here meeting you guys and uh, showing you guys love he's like where are the Marvel writers at and we all yeah. just kind of like thought about it and we're like dang he's right there's not any of the top Marvel writers here at this convention like doing any signings is literally they, they just dumped all their money into like the people from like the cinematic universe yeah. it, was, it was just such a strange thing to like think about when it got pointed out to me so um you know fast forward to now i feel like yeah they, they are in like a way better place and like i, I think that they've kind of you know taken a step back and realized that they do need to start putting more focus on uh the, the comic books yeah for sure I, I mean i think that like i said the writing right now is fucking awesome mm-hmm. J- jason aaron hickman um al ewing uh like i said donny cates um jerry dugan like they have all these writers that are awesome they just need to catch up with currently that i really like i think i think stegman is the fucking shit like stegman's like stuff on it's crazy when right because right now mark bagley is right is doing the current arc on venom Mm -hmm. and obviously mark bagley's like a legendary spider-man and venom artist you know what i mean yeah like but it's crazy when mark bagley comes on a venom title and you're just like, damn, I want the other guy back. You know what I mean? Like, that's insane. So, like, I don't know. I'm I, I'm I'm excited to see more stuff from Ryan Stegman. Um, and I know he's been around a long time, but uh Lionel Francis Yu mm-hmm. doing the X-Men stuff is awesome too. Uh the dude who's doing X Force is good too. I know Benjamin Percy's writing it. I can't remember who does pencils on it. But <laughs> the pencils on X Force are really good. Yes. I actually have a stack of X-Force books by my bed right now because I'm trying to catch up on it. I um, love the way uh, he's drawing Domino. Yeah, dude, Domino looks so cool right now. Oh, um, I know we haven't talked about it at all, but the Star Wars stuff that Marvel's doing right now is really good too. But obviously that kind of exists on its own. That's like a totally separate thing. Yeah, Uh I so uh, we we can talk about that. I uh, I'm picking up the the main title just because I enjoyed the the first main title and I was kind of uh, you know just kind of reading the, that story. Yeah. Um, and before when they were doing the the mini runs like the Princess Leia one that Mark Wade did, I, I think was it Charles Sewell who did the Poe Dameron. Yeah. Um, that stuff was awesome. I definitely love that because. I'm a newer Star Wars fan, so I'm get, getting to like read this kind of stuff is uh, awesome for me because I, I'm just used to just the movies. I, I never really got into the the novels or any of the older comics, so yeah, th- this whole new wave of Star Wars comics is is awesome for me. Yeah, the um, I loved the Jason Aaron, um, Star Wars and Darth Vader books when they were coming out like mm-hmm. concurrently. Yeah, like I was picking those up single issues. Loved them. I recently went back and read the uh, Jason Aaron Star Wars run again. Still awesome. Um, but I fell off after he stopped writing. I can't remember who came on. It was that, that Karen Gillan? Karen Gillian. That's who it was. Yeah. When Karen Gillian came on, and it wasn't even out of any sort of like, I, I just like Karen Gillian or whatever. I don't think I've ever read anything to my knowledge by him. Mm-hmm. But um, he. I just was like, oh, Jason Aaron's gone. I'm out. I don't really care. And I just kind of fell off. But I started to pick, I picked up the first three issues of the. Wait, I'm sorry to, sorry to cut you off, but um, are you like rubbing your microphone? 
Uh, I'm not meaning to. Why? Oh, sorry. Because uh, it, it sounds like you're rubbing your microphone. I'm like kind of loud. So I'm. Oh, sorry. Yeah, because you, you, you kind of cut out, and that's all I was hearing. So I, I just wasn't oh. sure. Can you hear me okay now? Yeah, you're fine. Um. Yeah, I was saying that I I loved the Jason Aaron Star Wars and Darth Vader, and then I fell off when Kieran Gillian came on, and now I'm picking up the Charles Soule Star Wars again. And I read the first couple issues, and I really liked it. So I'm interested to see where they go with that. Yeah, and it's cool that that they pick like a specific like you know time period, and there's like all this untapped stuff, and you get to see the characters just do stuff that um, well, to my knowledge, that you've never seen before. Yeah, yeah, no, it's sick. Um, and I know is it Greg Pak that's on uh, Darth Vader right now? Yes. Yeah, I heard that's good, but I haven't I haven't checked it out. Uh, I haven't read it either, but I I like his writing. I liked his uh, um, his which Hulk book did he? Well, he did a, a bunch of Hulk, but I'm trying to remember the, yeah. the, the the specific one. He did Planet Hulk. I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was with uh, Am- Amadeus Cho. Uh, yeah, he did that. I know he is that um, totally awesome Hulk or whatever. Yeah, there you go. That was the one that I liked because uh, the, I was, I was the like, title turned me off. I never checked it out because I I hated the title. Okay, title's whack, but I'm I I just love uh, that character. Uh, yeah, so. It, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's a point. You, you should check it out. It's pretty cool. Yeah, maybe I will. I liked him as a character in uh, when he popped up a little bit in uh, Hickman's Avengers run. Mm-hmm. But I also really want a good Avengers run, which right now Jason Aaron's writing Avengers, and it should in theory be awesome. Yeah. But it's like I think it's so bad right now. Yeah, and, and it kind of blows my mind because like even when um uh, like not too long ago like Wade was writing it, and like I, I just wasn't like super into um the Avengers yeah. for a minute. No, yeah, it's it's it sucked. Like, to me, Avengers should be the title that's pushing the whole... Like, everything should be built around that. Again, that's a very Bendis-era, reader-centric viewpoint of how things work, you know? Because at that point, New Avengers... Bendis' New Avengers was the center point of the Marvel Universe, and everything was being kind of moved forward around that book. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, that's the way it should be. And, like, dude, the... the the J- Jason Aaron is the fucking man. His Thor run is, like, legendary... Um, and his indie books are fucking awesome. He's done so much good shit. And then he gets on Avengers and it's just like, it's just so boring. and so forgettable. I don't really like, I don't get it at all. And every, I was like sticking with it for a while, really hoping that it would get better. Mm-hmm. But like, it just seems so disjointed. Like every story arc ends and then like they kind of allude to some weird thing with Mephisto going on. And then the next story arc happens and it's like, so completely disjointed from whatever happened before and now they're building up with this whole age of conchu thing where it's going to be like a moon knight story arc and i'm like kind of interested to read it just because i like moon knight but it's like it's hard to care when like i like i don't like i said i like long runs but like I, i i don't want it to take you know over 20 issues for the momentum to start you know what i mean yeah, I, I definitely get that. And it is a little confusing that Avengers isn't like super awesome. And it makes me wonder if he's like being put under like certain constraints, like when it comes to writing that story. Yeah. I mean, that's always like a thing, too, that, you know, like you never really know. Like I've always heard. So I liked the um the Rick Remender Uncanny Avengers series. OK, but I've always heard people talk about how it's kind of like a known thing you know this could just be conjecture but that marvel kind of forced him like marvel editorial kind of forced him to do certain things with it that led up to that um axis story arc that axis event which 
you know, that goes back to what we were talking to with like, that was like the height of like bullshit event fatigue from Marvel. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I don't get that. Like, supposedly remender had all these other plans for how he wanted to do it. And it didn't, he didn't get to do it because editorial made him go a certain way with it. And like that people are like, yeah, you know, if he would have gotten to do his thing, it would have definitely been way, way better, which I liked it a lot, but it's not my favorite Rick remender book, you know? Yeah. And to my knowledge, he's not writing any like superhero stuff, right? He's all just like indie stuff. I guess. I don't know. I haven't heard any now that, you know, I haven't heard anything in a while from him for either of the majors, but you know how it is with those guys. They like disappear for a while. I mean, Hickman didn't write anything for Marvel for years. And now he's at the top. Just yeah. And now he's back. Yeah. So you never know. Yeah, but I'm going back to Remender. Yeah, his uh, un- uh, his Uncanny X Force that that run was insane. I mean, dude, that's like that is absolutely like god tier superhero comics. That's like the the as good as it gets. I think. Yeah, like I enjoyed Deadpool. Like Phantom X was awesome. Psylocke, just Wolverine. The whole team was just so sick. Insane team. I hate Deadpool. Like I cannot. I absolutely cannot stand Deadpool. Mm-hmm. If it was up to me. They would kill Deadpool off and and he would be gone forever and I would never have to read another book with Deadpool in it. Um, but Remender wrote him in a way where I actually not only can I like tolerate Deadpool as a character, but I, like actually interesting, like gave him some depth, you know? Yeah, no, Which I 100% insane. agree. Well, other than that, I, I, I think that that's like the worst character literally of all time, probably. Really? Worse than... No, yeah, you're right. I hate that There's character like so anything, much. Dude, I, I fucking hate it. I hate, like, I, I hate that ah, ah, tacos, haha, fuck nuggets. Like, what, you know, like, just like, it's fucking lame. Like, it's so bad. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, it's not my humor. It's just, yeah, it doesn't interest me. I despise, I absolutely despise it. Like, even to, like, if you take all, if you strip all that away, he's, like, such a product of that whole, like, early 90s time period where, like, like, you know, he's, like, obviously he's created by fucking Rob Liefeld, you know what I mean? <laughs> he's, like, such a product of that era uh-huh. and, like, that whole what was, like, popping then and what people wanted. And it's just, like, there's no depth. It's just, like, ah, uh, yeah, this guy has big weapons and, like, that's it. Like, it's just lame. He's just a lame character. And then on top of that, the, like, insanely unfunny, like, fourth wall breaking, like, taco jokes that have been, like, kind of written into his character over the years because i it, like if you read the x-force stuff the early x-force stuff with him is it's not like that he doesn't make all those weird jokes like he kind of shit talks but he doesn't really it's not even a, a fraction to how crazy it is now where it's like now you read like a current deadpool comic and it's like it's like you're it's like rick and morty you know what i mean it's like yeah no i, I don't get like, that and it's uh kind of uh, i feel like it's more annoying that it, it kind of like got popular like outside of comic books and now it's just everywhere like i i see just you know deadpool stuff everywhere and i'm just like oh my god like i just don't want to stay away and not let that person know that i uh, read comics they might want to try to talk to me well it's deadpool. fine because you see people wearing deadpool shit and you know they don't read comics either so it's okay yeah you know that, that that's so true i don't think i've ever met anybody wearing deadpool stuff that is like legit no they, they're always fucking posers that's so true that's that's so true but um damn lennon i actually have a a hard out because I have another podcast that I have to do. Okay. Yeah. No worries, man. Um, but dude, seriously, uh, this has been awesome. Like we, you know, uh, if I'm going to be honest, I thought we would talk more hardcore, but just the fact that the majority of this podcast has just been us talking about comic books. This is, yeah. this is awesome. This has been yeah. uh, like really fun. And I, I definitely uh, appreciate you um, coming on the podcast again. Of, of course, man. Yeah. Anytime. Thanks for having me back.
Okay. And before we go, you, you want to plug anything or shout out anything? Um, uh, yeah. Um, shout out to the, uh, Cedar pain records army. Um, that's it. All right. That's yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, if you guys haven't yet, go check out that new Cedar pain record. It's really awesome. Uh, but thank you guys again for listening. This has been uh, another episode of the Jamie K podcast. Always on top.